Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get going. For today's topic, I had so many different stories I could start with that it's been difficult to choose. There's the fun story of a date that I went on when my fear of heights kept me from being able to rappel down the side of a mountain for about 20 minutes, leaving my date below me just sitting and waiting and watching me try to get over my fear and eventually getting bored, starting a fire for the snacks and... Yes, I'm sure it was a great time for him as well, but I did eventually make it over the ledge and down the cliff, which was fun, and I did it on my own, which was also great. He's now, however, happily married to someone else who I assume can repel with much more ease than I can. There's another great story in which I only made it through one class, one, of my film course on horror movies. My instructor was brilliant and gave thoroughly engaging and interesting lectures in the four-hour class. Yes, four-hour long class, but as we watched our first full-length horror film, one of two or more that we would watch in each class, which in all honesty was a pretty low-key horror film, not that scary, but I spent most of my time quote-unquote watching the movie, actually watching a blinking light from a smoke detector in the corner of the room and just watching like the screen out of my periphery vision. Mind you, it was a four-hour-long class on horror that let out at 10 o'clock at night, after which I had to walk across the dark campus to my car. So, like, it was the perfect situation for that maybe to not be my favorite experience. In the end, I did not make it through the rest of that class and instead ended up studying the works of Akira Kurosawa, which I thoroughly enjoyed and could fully watch, with both of my eyes focused on the screen. No smoke detectors needed. Love Kurosawa's work. You should definitely check it out. And then there's the irony of my college experience in its entirety, in which I studied film and was terrified to fully engage in what I was trying to pursue, so I spent most of my time avoiding participating in film because I was scared. (laughs) Which was, of course, a very effective decision, and one which I'm trying to rectify by re-engaging more courageously in creating, and eventually I will go back and conquer film. Which all brings us to today's topic, fear. Whether we're talking about fear of self, of our darker natures, as was the exploration in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, or the fear of things that go bump in the night that get our adrenaline pumping, or that sometimes glue us to our seats unable to move, fear is a part of our lives. So let's talk about fear and a few of the good things that can actually come from it, because as it turns out, there are in fact a few good things about fear. So first off, what is fear? Fear includes both a biological response as well as an emotional response, an emotional response which is personalized. Fear is an alert that makes us aware of threats to our bodies or selves being in danger of either physical or psychological harm. Fear is the alert system that is meant to keep us safe by making us aware of a perceived threat. When we have a physical response, this is often called fight or flight, or sometimes there is the third option which is freeze. Flight or fight or freeze are responses that are triggered when you sense you might be in danger. Your amygdala gets things started and this leads to your autonomic nervous system being stimulated. This is called the ANS. Your ANS can stimulate either your sympathetic nervous system, which gets your fight or flight going, or your parasympathetic nervous system, which results in freeze. All of these responses trigger slightly different things in your body. For example, 
If you go into flight or fight, then your ANS is stimulated, releasing cortisol and adrenaline. This can affect your lungs differently than if you go into freeze. If you're in fight or flight with your lungs, your breathing will quicken to get more oxygen into the blood. However, if your freeze response is triggered, you might actually hold your breath or experience restricted breathing. The hormones released by your ANS also affect your eyes, causing the pupils to dilate to let in more light and to expand your periphery vision. It can also heighten your sense of hearing. That's usually where you hear the phrase, your ears perk up or prick up, depending on if we're talking about dogs or not. This means that your hearing is sharper than usual. Your blood will actually thicken as well. This is in preparation to allow the blood to clot better in case of injury. Your heart rate will quicken, or if you're in freeze, it could quicken or slow down. Your hands and your feet might go cold as all of the blood flow is directed to important muscle groups needed to flee or fight, for example. Also, when in fight or flight, you temporarily don't feel as much pain. This triggered response comes from a psychological source, meaning we've learned to be afraid of certain things. Sometimes, however, we can have these responses when we are not actually in danger, or even if the danger is exaggerated, but we're triggered to trauma. Fear also triggers an emotional response as well as the physical response that we've just mentioned, like triggering anxiety, for example. As we as humans have studied fear, people have also studied ways to manage and cope with overactive stress levels. Some of these methods include deep breathing through your abdomen, mindfulness, meditation, yoga, visualizing a peaceful image, or concentrating on a calming word, repeating prayer, tai chi, or other means of handling fear and stressors. Another method of managing fear or anxiety also includes exercise or physical activity. Physical activity can decrease stress hormones, improve sleep, increase endorphins, and improve calmness. Another means of helping to manage fear, stressors, and anxiety is also cultivating a social support system. You can nurture and cultivate relationships that help you feel safe, such as relationships with friends, relatives, co-workers, acquaintances, significant others, mentors, etc. And then, of course, there's therapy, which I'm a huge fan of. There are many options for helping manage stressors, fears, and anxiety. There are different types of fears, too, beyond scary movies. There's PTSD, panic, social anxiety disorder, phobias, trauma, and more. And for each of these fears, there's a way to get help. None of us are really, truly alone when it comes to fear. It's also something we all experience. There are many who study fear and trauma and ways to overcome and heal from these things, especially when they affect our everyday lives. One of the methods I'm particularly grateful for is called EMDR. EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. In 1987, Francine Shapiro was walking in a park and noticed that eye movement helped in decreasing negative emotions she had around a difficult memory. Curious, she started talking to others and learned that they had a similar experience. From there, she started experimenting. EMDR is used to help treat PTSD to help desensitize the anxiety around PTSD experiences. As it's developed, Shapiro has also developed the theory of reprocessing emotions, taking the emotions that are triggered and come up and processing them in a healthy and natural way. So we've talked about some of the difficulties of fear, but let's talk about some of the benefits now. First off, fear keeps us safe. There's a fine line between courage and stupidity, and sometimes, quite frankly, I have found in life that I have to sometimes embrace my own stupidity long enough to do something brave. 
But sometimes stupidity is also just stupidity. Fear is a tool to help keep us safe, help keep us out of our own stupid sometimes. And it helps us to be aware of surrounding dangers and take time to carefully evaluate our actions in order to keep ourselves safe and alive. Even fight, flight, and freeze reactions can be used to keep us safe from physical harm. We've already talked about what happens to our bodies. When we get scared and our response is flight, our body preps itself to fight or fly or freeze in order to increase our chances of survival. So on the one hand, fear is a natural response in the body to keep you alive and maybe help us stay aware of our physical limitations, like telling us to not go out in traffic when we really can't beat a car coming at us at 60 miles an hour in a leg race. We just can't do that. Fear can also be an indicator that you are trying to break past old barriers or overcome obstacles to reach your goals, which can also be empowering because it means you are pushing yourself to grow and learn, like exercising a muscle and breaking it down to build it back up again. Speaking of muscles, fear can also actually help you lose weight. Because when we feel fear, our pulse quickens and metabolism gets moving and starts burning sugar and fat. In fact, in one study at London's University of Westminster, it observed that subjects who watched The Shining or The Exorcist burned up to 113 calories, which is the equivalent of a 30-minute walk. They even had a list of scary movies and how many calories you'd be likely to lose while watching them. Another UK study from Coventry University found that fear actually gives your immune system a boost as well. For some, the adrenaline rush of doing things that scare them, like whitewater rapids or roller coaster riding, can actually be fun and help alleviate depression and bring a heightened sense of being alive through increased excitement and production of glucose. Fear essentially floods your body with energy in order to protect you. So that means that your dopamine, your oxytocin, your serotonin, and your endorphins all increase. And when you're doing something that scares you and you succeed, there's an incredible sense of accomplishment and empowerment that comes with that. A huge proponent of turning fear into empowerment comes from the idea of neuroplasticity, which we touched upon in a previous podcast about failure. It's all about having a growth mindset. When we fail, we can try again. We can learn. We can grow from it. We seek growth, and as we overcome the obstacles that scare us, we can sometimes even get a longer-lasting natural high than the short-term adrenaline rush of a jump scare. Fear can also help you stay focused in the present moment. This is due to the release of norepinephrine, which is a hormone that helps you focus rather than panic. Again, remember, chief among the purposes of fear is keeping us safe and alive. Stress is fear-based, and because of that, as we learn to handle our fear and release and relax, we can also lower our stress. Keeping in mind that fear is trying to help protect us, we can evaluate whether or not the situation we fear is really present or happening, or if we are experiencing a trigger that is taking us out of the present, and then as we address those fears and triggers, we can release stress and anxiety. And if the fearful situation is happening and it's real and everything's right there, then we can also practice self-compassion and other ways to self-soothe and self-calm in stressful situations. Additionally, there cannot be courage without fear. Another benefit of fear is helping others to overcome their fears, like you've overcome your own. Now let's go back briefly to that horror class that I took in college for like a day. And when I say I took, we all know that means that I lasted one class, maybe two. I can't remember. I might have made it through two. 
It was a very short-lived class. Very excellent. I wish I could have been there for the lectures because the lectures were fascinating, really cool stuff. One point that our professor made in that class that I found really interesting was the idea of community catharsis and bonding through watching horror movies together in a theater. The idea being that you all get scared together and feeling that fear releases oxytocin, which is a pro-bonding hormone that leads you to seek out other people for comfort. So as you're huddled together under a blanket or hugging a pillow with a friend while watching a scary movie and you both survive the movie until the end, you get that relief of catharsis for the film characters as well as the release of oxytocin and bonding with friends or even strangers in a dark movie theater, almost as if you all just survived the event. Well, I mean, I guess that's depending on how the movie ended. Fear can also be an indicator that something is wrong. As you examine your fear and find its source, perhaps you will find the strength to make a change. If it is a fear that you can heal from, once you know the source, you can start that journey. If it is a fear because someone is mistreating you in life, once you identify the source, you have the power to choose and make necessary changes to confront the problem or make changes to improve your situation. Fear can also help you recognize the power you have in your own life through your choices. I've found that a lot of the power of fear changes when I talk compassionately to myself about it. If I can walk myself through a kind and compassionate examination of my fears, then I can come to understand what I'm actually afraid of and why. And I can also look at it objectively and see if that fear is based in truth or not. Sometimes I can do it on my own, and at other times it's much easier to do with a therapist. At that point, fear becomes a tool to help me identify things in my life that I could possibly change. And sometimes it even helps me identify misbeliefs that I've been holding on to. And if I examine them in compassion, I can actually let go of them and replace them with something better for me and healthier for me. Now, this isn't necessarily saying that I sit in scary movies and compassionately examine why I'm afraid of one particular jump scare or another. Those I can just like enjoy or hate and leave. <laughs> but in my life, if some fear is getting in the way of my goals or my peace, then it just becomes a signal that I've got some room for healing and growth. And in that way, I'm very grateful for what my fears can teach me as they act as a doorway to greater freedom and peace, depending on how I interact with them. And it's not a blanket statement. Phobias and other kinds of fears can be very different experiences entirely. But for the times when this is the case, I'm grateful. So while there are some reasons to be grateful for fear and its key role in keeping us safe, and while I'm also not always grateful for fear, not always, not always fun, still don't like scary movies very much, I like thrillers, not so much scary movies, I can be grateful for what I can choose to do with fear. I can be grateful for opportunities to grow as a person, to face fears and challenges and be courageous and grow. I can be grateful for chances to overcome my fears in my daily life, even if sometimes I really wish they would stop because like it's exhausting sometimes, but the end result is worth it. I can be grateful for when fear in controlled settings like at amusement parks or scary movies enhance a community experience and offer the thrill of safety, like jumping out of a plane for skydiving. That was scary, but it was also really fun. Perhaps I'm not always grateful for fear, but I am grateful for the opportunities to conquer my fears, to reach new heights, discover new things, and learn more about myself and my own strength, and the strength that I find when I can help others and when I can help them overcome their fears as well. And you can do the same for others, because we've all walked that path a little bit, and it's scary, but it's a little easier when we can do it together. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you have a marvelous week and... I don't know. I don't think I can wish you fearful experiences. That's a terrible thing to wish. I will not wish you that. 
I wish you healing and joy and love and fun community experiences whenever you're facing fear. How about that? I wish you successful experiences with your fear. (laughs) Uh, You can do this. You got this. You are not alone. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening.